Welcome back to Inside Games Digest, the only gaming news channel to pay 70 bucks for games, but complain about it the whole time. That's all I do is to complain about it the entire time. It's an extra $10, Brian. It's killing me. It's just as much fun as playing. Yeah. <laughs> it's, kill it's killing me. Uh, if you watched the Nintendo Direct this week, one of the big announcements was that we got a release date for The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. It's due out May 12th, about three months away. Uh, I'm excited. Yeah, I am too, but not everybody is excited about the price because it's going to be $70. That wasn't even in the Direct. It was just kind of like slipped in under the radar. That's caused some backlash amongst Switch players, as you can imagine, who feel that's too steep, especially for a dated experience. Yeah, I went over on the Nintendo Switch subreddit. User CJ Destacio wrote that, quote, it's going to be a good game, but charging $70 on dated hardware and likely this game has performance issues is crazy. Cuckoo, cuckoo. <laughs> <laughs> I added that. Yeah, you, that wasn't part of the direct quote. User MindGame agreed, saying, quote, a game that has a ton of reused assets, including the entire map, and will run sub 30 FPS in 2023, not $70, sorry. And Soapboat3 added, I'm not paying $70 for this. First time I'm not getting a 3D Zelda game at launch since Wind Waker. You are though. All of you are going to yeah, buy yeah, it. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Soapboat, you missed out. Wind Waker was really good also. So that's, that's kind, of, it's kind of on you. But obviously, this is not the first $70 game. Uh, even from Nintendo, people were digging out old flyers from the Super Nintendo and Nintendo 64 days saying, look, they used to be a lot back then too. But we have seen, you know, I think everybody got used to $60 price points, but we have seen $70 games pop up more and more in recent years. And Microsoft famously said that starting this year, 2023, its first party games like Starfield will be 70 bones. Oof, uh, but lots of people had an issue with the fact that the new Zelda will be on incredibly old hardware at this point. Yeah, I guess, yeah. <laughs> Streamer Omega Pro said, paying $70 for a Zelda game struggling to hit 24 FPS 480p is a crime against humanity. <laughs> Yeah, the internet, man. I love that quote. I was so pleased to throw that into the script. <laughs> but yeah, for its part, Nintendo has said that $70 games won't necessarily be the norm going forward. They told Game Informer that we determine the suggested retail price for any Nintendo product on a case-by-case -case basis. Eggs are expensive. That's why it's $70. Uh, <laughs> as for the Switch... It's old, but it's still popular. Uh, in a recent earnings report, Nintendo said it sold 8.2 million Switches in the final three months of 2022, bringing the total number of Switch consoles sold to more than 122 million. That makes it the third best-selling console ever after the DS with 154 million units sold and the PlayStation 2 with 155 million. Next up, an Activision Blizzard executive says The Last of Us's success on HBO means that the Microsoft merger should be approved? All right. <laughs> You have to follow our logic, but it, it, it does kind of make some sense. If you really buy into it by the end, you're like, okay, all right. Well, yeah, obviously The Last of Us on HBO has been a big hit. Uh, pretty much everyone agrees it's really good because it is. It is. No, yeah, it's a great television show. Uh, and an executive at Activision Blizzard said the success of The Last of Us show is proof that her company's merger with Microsoft should go through. Activision Blizzard Chief Communications Officer Lulu Chang Messervy tweeted recently to the U.S. Federal Trade Commission, which is opposing the merger, actually suing to block it, about the show. Ah, uh, yes. I, too, have had three beers 
and gone on Twitter. So I'm, I'm with you, girl. <laughs> FTC, you ain't shit. Come and get me. She tweeted to the FTC asking if they'd watched last night's episode of Last of Us, saying that it was incredible and, quote, watched by tens of millions of people. So that's that's point number one. Okay, and also all facts. But why does that matter? Well, she noted the FTC opposes the Microsoft Activision and Blizzard merger, alleging that Microsoft could suppress competition by, quote, leveraging Activision games. All right, so far, yeah. But she argued that the success of The Last of Us, I guess as a brand, has generated more interest in the game, which is true. Sales have spiked. Saw something similar with Cyberpunk when Edge Runners came out. Hmm? She added that Sony has an unrivaled war chest of IP, not just in gaming, but TV, movies, and music, which can be developed into games or can market existing games, all right? Got it, got it. Essentially, she argued that Sony has lots of big popular properties and won't be driven out of business by the merger. I mean, that's true. But it's not a slam dunk every time. I mean, you guys remember the Ratchet and Clank movie? Probably not. Anyway, uh, she wrapped up by saying, it's no wonder they also continue to dominate as the market leader for consoles. In gaming, Sony is the first of us. <laughs> and they will continue to be just fine without the FTC's protection. That's when the executive flips the chair around, puts on the backwards cap and decides to really <laughs> let the youth know what's going on. Yeah, for an executive that I guess qualifies as a dunk. Uh, but it, it went viral. The thread got viewed more than a million times. And Mercervi said later to Axios that she's probably going to do more like that. Meaning I think just be a little bit more confrontational, I guess. Love it. Yes. All right. Love it. Uh, she said there was some internal worry that the thread would anger Sony. Oh, no. But she told Axios, quote, were they worried about pissing us off when they tried to kill a really good deal that our employees wanted and that players wanted? <laughs> oh, man, I love it. Uh, were they worried about pissing us off when they made all these claims that seemed to be pretty disingenuous? Salt, 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 salt. Somebody <laughs> let the communications officer off the chain. <laughs> Lulu Unchained. I love it. She's going off. And God bless her. Keep, keep going off on Twitter. This is great for business. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, speaking of being off the chain, Xbox, Nintendo, and Sony won't be at E3 this year, which is it even E3 at that point? I don't know. Yeah, maybe one more nail in the coffin for E3, the venerable trade show. <laughs> it's just nails. It's only nails now. <laughs> it's a coffin made of nails. It's, it's the Iron Throne, but with nails. Uh, the venerable trade show is returning in a physical format for the first time in, I believe this is four years. They had uh, COVID issues and I guess nobody wanted to see three issues, but while it is scheduled for the LA Convention Center in June, it's going to be missing some key players. Yeah, all three console makers. So no <laughs> That's not key players. That is E3. Uh, IGN <laughs> reports that Xbox, Sony, and Nintendo won't be taking part in E3 2023, and they also won't have a presence on the show floor. And while Nintendo hasn't given a presentation in years there, they used to have a direct timed with the E3 event. Yeah, and they were always on the floor. Mm -hmm. The Nintendo booths were actually getting pretty cool. I think they were kind of experimenting yeah. with their theme park stuff. No more. Nope, it's just the, the Mogi peripheral booth, and that's it. Now, Xbox will be in LA this year for its annual summer showcase, but that's not affiliated with E3 anymore. Yeah, E3 at this point has big indoor mall in 2023 energy, <laughs> I feel like. There's there's a GNC and maybe uh, a Spencer's. Somebody's and... hawking Herbalife at a folding table in the corner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Even the cell phone kiosks have closed up, <laughs> no. yeah. The reason for this drop-off, uh, it's pretty obvious. The 
the console makers learned a while back, they could just do their own events and draw just as many eyeballs on their owns. Nintendo's done the directs forever, uh, and they just simply don't need to participate in a big giant spectacle like E3 as they may have kind of had to in the past. It was it was a critical mass of attention that you kind of needed to be a part of. Yeah, it's definitely a bummer for E3, obviously, uh, and I think kind of a bummer for us. I always liked putting them all mm -hmm. together and seeing them all on the show floor. Uh, considering this was going to be their big return, this was the one back from COVID, uh, it's just a terrible look for E3. Yeah, regardless of how it looks, E3 is coming back, sort of, during the second week of June, and it's going to be Reed Pop, the company that runs international video game events like PAX and EGX. Yeah, they're they're producing it, and here's a quote, uh, not as much fun as the last executive <laughs> quote, but uh, this is from Kyle Marsden Kish, global VP of gaming at Reed Pop. Last year when they announced E3 would be coming back, said E3 2023 will be recognizably epic. A return to form that honors what's always worked while reshaping what didn't. And boy, that quote has aged like milk. <laughs> recognizably epic. Reshaping what didn't work. The consoles didn't work. The, the Console makers? Whatever. Anyways, let's go to the next story. Let's get out of there as fast as we can. Take-Two CEO says Marvel's Midnight Suns was a flop. Bummer. You love it when good games succeed, and when good games don't, it's always sad. Marvel's Midnight Suns, the tactical RPG, was a flop. That's according to Take-Two CEO Strauss Zelnick, who told Bloomberg's Jason Schreier that he thinks, quote, it's possible that the release window wasn't perfect. Yeah, he came to that conclusion after having eyes and seeing sales numbers. <laughs> it released just a few weeks before Christmas. Uh, a kind of a cursed spot. Uh, not the only game that struggled in that slot. Uh, the Callisto Protocol was released on the same day, December 2nd also had sluggish sales. Yeah, regardless, uh, the game and its card-based combat was liked by critics, and it really was fun. I played hours of it. Uh, the PC version got an 83 on Metacritic, and uh, Zelnix thinks the game could have a long tail, meaning that it'll keep selling copies deep into its lifespan, similar to other games from developer Firaxis. One can hope. I haven't played it yet, so they still got a sale waiting for me. The game's first DLC, The Good, The Bad, and The Undead, recently released, and there's more planned, including one with Venom on the way. Everyone loves that Venom. So it could end up having some legs in the months and years to come. I feel like those kind of games, XCOM, things like that, maybe it'll catch on. I, yeah. I, you you want to see a good game get a chance. Oh. Many Steam sales in the future. All right, let's do an extremely fast review. I really, really wanted to play this game. And then my reflexes were like, dude, you are 46 years old. No more <laughs> rhythm games for you. Uh, back to turn-based combat. Shame. It's got it's got grungy Gen X guitar all over that game. I thought it would speak to your soul. I'll play it on easy mode. Yeah, I think I think there's also an automatic mode too. You can just like I'll play it for the story. It's worth. It's fucking funny. It's like one of the few genuinely funny games. It is funny. Yeah. Next up, here are all the games that are releasing in the coming week. Blanc. Blanc is an artistic cooperative adventure that follows the journey of a wolf cub and a fawn stranded in a vast snowy wilderness. Uh, experience the poetic tale of a wolf cub and a fawn in the spectacular world of Blanc. Lost in a sudden snowstorm, they'll have to. Leave on each other in order to follow the footprints their families left behind in snow. Block comes out on Switch of PC February 14th, Valentine's Day. Next up, Souls of Kronos. The apocalypse shattered a world in disarray. Facing his impending death, a young boy named Sid crossed paths with Tori, a girl who feeds on the energy of time. In the harbor town of Estella, a mysterious adventure is about to unfold, along with the investigation of an unusual crime. Souls of Kronos releases for the PS5, Switch, and PC on February 14th, also Valentine's Day. Next up, we got a big one, Return 
Eternal, Celine's roguelike odyssey comes to PC, yeah! I'm excited, I can't wait. Me too, it's got a suite of arresting graphical and performance-based enhancements to ensure an unforgettable journey. It includes the full Returnal experience, complete with suspend cycle, photo and co-op modes, and Tower of Sisyphus. Comes to PC February 15th. Hell yeah. Next up, we got Theater Rhythm Final Bar Line, a rhythm action game packed with 385 carefully selected music tracks from across the whole Final Fantasy series. This is a Lawrence Sontag sure is. video. I think it's only made for Lawrence Sontag, I want to say. I don't know. Brian might have a stake in this one. Oh, I'm down. I'm down. Oh, Brian. Yeah. Oh, Brian does. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah. Pardon, pardon me. <laughs> uh, includes popular tracks from a total of 46 different games featuring the latest music from Final Fantasy 1 through to Final Fantasy 15 in the main series, as well as remakes, spinoffs, and various soundtrack CDs. Comes out on Switch. PlayStation 4, February 16th. Hey, already on that demo, baby. Next up, Tales of Symphonia Remastered. Tales of Symphonia, an action RPG and one of the most critically acclaimed titles in the series, returns with a full HD remastering. The story takes place in Silverant, a world in danger of extinction due to the exploitation of mana by an evil group thought to be sealed away by the hero Mythos 4,000 years ago. I, I love these, man. Anyway. <laughs> Colette, the chosen one, receives an oracle from the heavenly institution Crucius and sets out on a world regeneration journey with her childhood friend Lloyd. Tales of Symphonia <laughs> Remaster. That's a good guy. That's the only Tales game I've ever finished. Anyway, Tales of Symphonia Remaster comes out on the PS4, Xbox Series S and X, Xbox One, Switch. That's it. It's February 17th. Hi, I'm Colette, the chosen one, and this is my friend Lloyd. Hello. <laughs> Next up, The Settlers New Allies. The Settlers New Allies is a strategy game with an in-depth build-up experience and real-time strategic battles. It's fully reimagined from the ground up with stunning graphics and detailed animations. Choose among three factions, the Alari, the Maru, and the Jorn. Each has a unique look, playstyle, and background story. Experience a story-driven campaign set in the world of The Settlers, or go for the special hardcore mode if you're a real gamer and it's additional challenges it comes to ps5 ps4 xbox series x and s xbox one switch and pc february 17th dibs on jordan <laughs> And last but not least, Wild Hearts. Wild Hearts is a unique twist on the hunting genre where technology gives you a fighting chance against fearsome beasts fused with the ferocious power of nature itself. Take on these creatures alone or hunt with friends in seamless co-op. No one remembers why the kimono began their rampage through a once prosperous Azuma. Fueled by desperation, they wield the power of primal nature that's most destructive. For a while, it seemed that none could stand against their overwhelming might, but hope arrives in the form of a formidable hunter armed with deadly weapons and ancient technology called Karakuri that could turn the tide of battle. <laughs> And actually, Wild Hearts, there's a good buzz around it. So. It looks cool. Comes to PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, X and S, PC, February 17th. That's it. That's the digest for the week. Yeah. Hope y'all have a great weekend and we will be back. See you soon.